I'm Julie Martella, and this is my podcast, Navigating Widowhood. I'm a home strategist, coach, and passionate researcher. I've dedicated countless hours each week to diving into the most up-to-date research, writing, and interviewing others, seeking out valuable insights on navigating our unique journey. When I find something amazing, I want you to be the first to know. Are you ready to do this? Let's go. Welcome back, my friends and navigators. I am so glad you're here. Today, we're going to finish talking about organizing. And the reason I want to do this is that we spent the last week or so talking about why are we so overwhelmed when we get organized. So this week, I want to show you what you can do when you feel overwhelmed and that there's actually a process to getting organized. So we will call today's episodes, we'll keep it really easy and call it the organizing process. Um, and don't don't zone out because I promise you, well, this, this podcast might not be for everybody, but for those of you who are like, I don't know what I'm going to do, this podcast is for you. So one of the things I do is I teach people, there's a process for getting organized. Some people, they can just walk into a room and just get to work, right? But most people, <laughs> most people are like, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know what to do. So we've created a process. And most organizers have a process that they follow. Fun fact, right? You might not have known that. So the process that I teach and that I've kind of come up with that works for me is a five-step process. Number one, I'm going to give it to you right now. Number one, step one, you need to either dream or envision. And, and I'm going to give you a couple words for each step because organizers will use different words, but it's the same basic thing. So step one, envision or dream. Step two, thin, which is what I like, or declutter. Step three, organize. And really, there's no other word that for organize than organize. <laughs> step four, curate or elevate. I like both of those words. And step five is maintain, right? Once you, people forget that once you get everything set up the way you want it, if you don't maintain it, everything will go back to the way it was. And that's not necessarily a reflection on you as more of a reflection on the inertia, right? This, the natural tendency of things to go back to the way they were. So step five is also important because we got to learn how to maintain and there's tricks and there's things that you can do. So, so we're going to go through each one of these today very quickly. I, I don't want to make this a masterclass, right? We're going to go through each one of these and I want to show you how each piece can help you if you're overwhelmed and you have to get organized. And so you can, so step one, the first thing that you can do is you need to sit down and you need to decide what is it that I want to do, I want to feel, or I want to see, right? When this project is over. So that's step one, envisioning or dreaming or pre-planning making a plan. So if your project is to clean out your underwear drawer, then what you might tell yourself in, in a whole sum of five seconds is, 
Uh, my underwear is all thrown in the drawer and it's full. I don't even know what's in there. By the end of this process, I want to be able to open that drawer. Everything is neat and tidy and folded and I like everything that's in there. See, super easy. doesn't have to be a big deal. Now, that's, I mean, that's the underwear drawer. If you're doing your whole house or the house of the person, like if your loved one had a secondary house, which often happens, um, then you have to look at when this house project is done, what is it? What's my end goal here? Do I want to sell the house? Do I want to get rid of everything that they ever owned, which some, I mean, some people do and there's no judgment. Do I want to do as little as possible, but make it look a little better? Like I just need to get rid of a few things, but I want to keep mostly everything. Do I want to downsize so that I can make it more manageable or do I need to move or do I need to sell the house, right? And do I need to get everything, either I need to get rid of it or I need to save it in a meaningful way, right? You got some serious downsizing to do. So in that instance, envisioning and making your plan for your end goal, that is what's going to set the tone for your project. So if you are overwhelmed and don't know where to begin, start at the end. Envision what it is that you want your space to look like, feel like, or the action that you need to take at the end of the project. Now, I'm going to, I told you, some people have secondary homes. I have a friend, a widowed friend. I have many, many widowed friends, which I think is one of the most amazing things about the work that I do now is I get to meet so many incredible people with amazing stories about not only loss, but of how they've moved forward and how they're dealing with the loss. So one of my friends, um, his wife worked in another state. Now they lived back East. So, you know, I live in California. We could take like 10 of their little states and shove them in California and still have room. So she taught in one state and then their home, their, their primary residence with the children was in another state, which was probably only like two hours apart. So because of this teaching situation, she was on a, at the time of her death, she, he had two homes to deal with. He had his home and he had another home that probably needed to be sold because it was just her working home. So that's why I said, you'd never know what your situation is. Other people will say, I'm going to stay in this home and I have no intentions of leaving and I like everything here. It's very comforting and that's okay too. But they'll tell me things, but I don't need all of the clothes in the drawers and I need room in the closet. So that's when we take in that that layered approach um, and, and their end game is, I want the house to stay the same, but be a little bit more functional and have a little more space for my things. So starting with your end game, this is how, this is why and how that works. All right. So once you have your plan, you envision like, what do I want it to do? Then the next step is I want you to thin, which is also called editing, decluttering, uh, streamlining, simplifying, tidying, purging. That's a good one, huh? Right. You can call it what you want. It's all step two. And the thing is, I call it 
thinning. And the reason I call it thinning is because thinning applies implies a layered approach. Like I just told you about the lady who wants to stay in the home. We don't need to purge her house. We don't need to streamline her house. What we need to do is we need to go in and thin it. And we need to take some stuff out and go, okay, how are you doing? How does this feel? And she might come back and say, it's perfect. And then we stop. But in her situation, she came back and said, well, now I want to do this. See, it's a thinning approach. So we don't have to do it all at once. So step two, you want to thin. And what that means is thinning is, uh, I lost my brain there for a second. Thinning is getting rid of the things that don't you don't need or don't serve you. It's a deciding what to keep and what to let go. So if we jump back to the underwear drawer, well, what to keep and what to let go. If you are thinning the underwear drawer, and I love to use the example, that example, because it's a project you can get done in 30 minutes or less. No, Okay. If you have a lot of undies, maybe an hour or chonies, whatever. So thinning says, I have to decide what to keep and what to let go in a thoughtful manner. So in the underwear drawer, we're going to say, I'm going to get rid of all the underwear that is stretched out and I have to hitch up all the time. I'm going to get rid of the underwear that I don't like that I bought and thought, why did I buy this? Right? I'm going to get rid of the underwear that maybe has a, has a, has a tear in it or it's just stretched out or it's old. That is the thinning process. So you establish a criteria for what to keep and what to let go. And then you pull out, you pull out uh, a piece of underwear and you're like, oh yeah, I don't like those. That's the let go. Oh, I love these. That's the keep. That's what thinning is. Thinning is deciding what to keep and what to let go. Now, in the whole house, that's a whole different situation. And that's why I said it's so important that you decide what your end goal is. Because if you've got to empty a house, you have a lot more getting rid of than someone who wants to lovingly keep most of it. So Thinning and decluttering. You're going to decide what's no longer needed. You're going to remember what's your end goal. And you're going to, you're not going to have to get rid of the things now. You just have to separate them. So you want to have um, laundry, uh, not laundry bags, trash bags or baskets or areas where you can move the things, right? Because in step two, the only thing you're doing is making those decisions. And this, and what happens is people will start making the decisions and, and then they get sidetracked because they say, oh, well, now I have to go take this stuff somewhere. No, no, no. I'm telling you don't. I'm telling you let step two just be thinning. So you get your bags out, you put your stuff in the bags and you move them to the side. Step three, we'll get to the rest of it later. Step three is organizing, and organizing is a different beast than thinning or decluttering, which is, which is why people mix them up and do them both at the same time, and then they get overwhelmed. Step two is getting rid of the stuff. Step three doesn't begin until everything has been cleared out. So if we go back to the underwear drawer, step three doesn't begin. You don't start organizing those undies until you've gotten everything out that you don't like. So what is organizing? Organizing is really a simple process. Organizing is the process of finding like homes for your things, right? When my kids were little, I used to tell them, 
Um, everybody, you know, all the toys, they want their home. So let's, you know, like where, where does the Barbie live? Where do the building blocks live? Where does the cooking stuff live? It's about finding homes and creating systems, right? So you create systems that make your life easier and help you find things. And when you can organize the things, some people, like let's take a book, a bookshelf. Let's say you went through and you got rid of all the books and you kept them. Some people organize books by color. Some people organize books by the Dewey Decimal System. Some people organize books by genre, right? I like all my murder books over here and all my reference books over here. There are many different ways to organize. The only, the only rule for organizing is, is it going to work for you? Because if you, I, like I'm a very pragmatic, functional, practical person. If you color organize my books, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> now, I may not have my books alphabetized, but I do not have them color coordinated. <laughs> Sorry, color coordinated people. Didn't mean to offend. But but if you are an artistic, creative, visual person, you're going to be like, no, I want them color coordinated. And that's okay too. I mean, I guess. <laughs> so organizing is finding the systems that work for you. And it's arranging and categorizing those, your objects or really your tasks and information in a way that, that serves you. So, so let's just recap here real quick. Editing, decluttering, thinning is the process of getting rid of the things, right? Clearing out the ones you don't like. And then once you've done all of that, then you move on to organizing and you look at what's left and all right, now what am I going to do with you? So that's the difference between the two. And that is the number one place where people get hung up. Now, they also get hung up on the, ne- the next step because the next step in that process, if, you've, if you have thinned your collection and you have organized it in a way that you like, then the next step is you realize, hey, you know what? I need some bookends for those books or I need some... Um, drawer separators from underwear drawer, or I need some baskets, right? So what are you hearing? You're hearing step four, which is elevating or curating. Now, why do I use curating? Because that's a fancy word. Well, it is a fancy word, but it's also an amazing word. If you go to a museum, all right, you go to a museum. Um, this summer, I went to, or I'm going to, I'm sorry, but I'm dropping this sooner. I am going to the Van Gogh Museum, which is a lifelong dream. When I go to the Van Gogh Museum, they are going to curate a collection of the works of art, and they're going to display them so beautifully, right? If anyone, right, who's been to a museum? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's um, sunflowers, if it's his sunflowers collection, he's not going to have other things in there. They're going to be beautifully displayed. They've taken the very best. They found a way to make them pleasing to the eye and put them on display for everyone to enjoy. That's what curating is. You can curate your space with your treasures. 
And your treasures in this context are going to be the things, the essence of the life of your loved one, which you get to decide. As we talk, I am looking, I have a beautiful uh, little tray on my um, dresser and it has old perfume bottles, very old perfume bottles on it. They were my grandmother's. I have curated, right, the perfume bottle collection and every time I look at it, I smile and I think of her. You know, every time I go into the living room and I have this picture that was Jason's, he had picked out, and I have his valve wrench, I smile and I think of him and my soul says, this is good. That's what curating does. That's what elevating does. So when you finish, your, when you get into your project and you're looking at how do I make this pleasing to the eye? Well, for me, I had to go find a beautiful little uh, silver mirror, like those little mirror trays to put my perfume bottles on. You might want to find baskets. You might want to find bookends. You, there's your, whatever it is that you need to curate your space, you might want to find, if you're doing a whole home, you might decide, I want to paint or I need new curtains or drapery rods or bedding. Oh, we do a lot of master bedroom makeovers. Like I'm going to say that's the number one thing as a widowed person that you need to consider because you need to make it a safe, neutral space, an emotionally neutral space for you. And um, changing things up is very good for your mental health. So when you're curating the master bedroom makeover, you might be, depending on your budget, you might be buying new furniture, new bedding, new pillows, a new mattress, new artwork, new accessories. But you don't know what you want or you need until you have gone through the process of decluttering and, uh, oh gosh, decluttering and thinning and organizing your room. So that's step four. Step five, once you have everything like just the way you want it, then step five is you've got to maintain it. And maintaining allows you to keep things, right? To stay where you are. So what happens is people people do all the work and, and it's a lot of work. People do all the work and then they forget to maintain. And maintaining is, we can break it down into two pieces. Maintaining is tidying and cleaning. So people will think, it to maintain my space means I have to do a giant cleaning and they and then guess what they're tired but actually if you can tidy right you can learn the art of the tidy you can tidy your space in 10 minutes and if you do 10 minutes a day or you do a 15 minute reset every day your house you will you will win the battle of your house Tidying means putting things back where they belong, returning, like doing a reset, right? Putting, finding the homes, doing those activities. So when I, if I do an evening tidy uh, for me, I, if there's any little, if I have two or three dishes in the sink, I hand wash them real quick. Um, I put my papers away. 
I put my shoes away. I put my dirty clothes in the dirty clothes, right? So these are the, if, if I have, the kids were around and we had toys, we throw the toys back in the toy box. Unless, of course, there was a big project, like a big Playmobil or a big Lego project. I don't touch those under threat of excommunication. But the other stuff we can put away. So tidying is just returning things back to where they were. Cleaning, on the other hand, that is the process of removing germs and dirt and debris so that you can uh, keep your home, you know, like for mental, for not mental health, for physical health, so that your home doesn't get too dirty, right? Cleaning is, um, it creates a more sanitary living environment. And all you have to do is think about your kitchen. Have you ever left your dishes for two or three days? They stink because they're growing bacteria and there might be some slimy stuff in the water you let sitting. That's why we clean instead of tidy. So cleaning would be a once a week activity or whatever it is that works with your schedule. And those would be things like sweeping and dusting and wiping things down and um, cleaning appliances and bleaching, mopping, all of those activities. Those are cleaning activities. But the trick here is that people think, well, in order for me to make this house look nice, I have to constantly be cleaning it. Nope, you do not. You just have to give yourself 10 minutes a day to tidy up. And then on your cleaning schedule, then you clean. Some people clean one room a day. Some people clean the whole house once a week. Some people pay a housekeeper. Some people do it themselves. Some people enlist their kids, right? So many ways to keep it clean. But on the tidy side, I just want to tell you, I used to play this game with the kids. If you find yourself struggling to get motivated to do the reset, um, I would play this game with the kids. I'd tell them I want them to pretend that somebody very famous is coming for dinner. Now, I used to say in my head, I used to call it the queen is coming for dinner. My kids could care less about the queen. So we'd have to find whoever was relevant to them, right? So what we would do is I would set the timer for because they're because they were younger for five minutes. And I'd say, okay, I want you to pretend that, you know, your best friend's coming. Well, no, you can't even use that. The queen's coming for dinner. And so for five minutes, you have some fast, you're putting stuff away really fast. And what that does is it tricks the brain. And so you can't get hung up in, well, I wonder what I should do with this. Your brain's just making fast, fast, fast decisions. And then when the timer goes off, you're done. Another thing you can do that I've done, you commercial clean. If you like to watch TV in the evenings, every time there's a commercial, you have to put stuff away until the commercial's done. So and I'm saying cleaning and I'm saying, and I'm, I'm mixing the two because you can do a little bit of both, right? You can wipe down the kitchen counters after you've put stuff away. It's whatever works for you. But what I'm saying is it doesn't have to be a big event. It can be literally the commercials on the TV or five minutes of uh, the queen is coming for dinner. Doesn't have to be a big deal. Once in a while it does. Like once in a while, you got to get in there and do a deep cleaning. But if you can do the little spurts of cleaning, you will be amazed at how, how, uh, how much better the house just stays together. So I want to wrap this up and I want to just review real quick. Five steps you can get organized. 
Start with the end in mind. So envision, then you're going to thin or declutter. Then you're going to organize. Then you're going to curate and make it beautiful and elevate it. And then you are going to employ maintenance strategies. If you feel overwhelmed when it's time to get organized, follow the process. I promise it will get you through. And if you want to, if the most amazing practice run you can do is literally the underwear drawer because it's done in less than an hour and you get to go through the whole process and see how it works. So this week, I want you or I'm challenging you, take the time to try a mini, mini project, something small, the underwear drawer, a kitchen gadget drawer, the sock drawer. Um, something small, something you can get done in a short amount of time. Try out the process, see how you like it, and let me know. All right, my friends, you've got this. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. As always, I'm here for you, and one of the ways that I do that is with my website called Navigating Widowhood which is full of resources for those of you who are newly widowed all the way to you seasoned widows like me. It's our place where we can connect, where I can provide you with resources, and where you can explore to your heart's content the different aspects that you may be struggling with. Ah, and this month, I am proud to introduce that I have written a book for you, and it is only available to you because guess what? We deserve it. (laughs) So head on over to Navigating Widowhood and at the top of the page, you'll see something that says, get your free ebook now. It is called From Overwhelmed to Organized. And that, my friends, is my special gift to you.